0: Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Uh,
1: good afternoon, everyone. Uh, welcome you all back to the uh, 2022 Kentucky Council of the Blind State Convention. Uh, we are now going to start out with our uh, session, and it's going to deal with the uh, Health technology and how to get the best out of those things with your devices, whether it be watches, phones, etc. So with us this afternoon, we're gonna have uh Clark Ruckval, who is uh a Paralympian, come to find out. Uh we just heard him with his A C B head on and now come to find out I was looking at my notes and he is apparently a, a Paralympian. And then we have uh Jeff Bishop, who of course is uh member of the ACB Board of Directors, as well as a member of the uh, ACB Diabetics in Action uh, Special Interest Affiliate, if uh, memory member serves me correctly. And so I'll go ahead and let you all do your presentation. And unless you end before the time, I'll probably cut you at 10 minutes before so we can have questions. So it's all yours.
2: All right, well, good morning, everyone. My name is Jeff Bishop, and uh, hey, Clark, uh, good afternoon to you, sir. How are you? And, and
3: good afternoon to everyone in Kentucky, and good morning to you, Jeff.
2: Yeah, good morning. Well, so today we're here to talk uh, a little bit about uh, about health and, and fitness and how this all relates to all of you in reference to how you can better advocate for yourself and um just overall you know h- how we can best work through this journey of of managing our health exercise and just bettering ourselves as as people and and um you know getting out there so um i thought we would start by by really tackling the problem to solve so Clark, what, what what do you really feel? You know, you being a former uh, Olympian and all of that, and, and then also being blind yourself. Um, wh- what have you seen as being the problem really to solve here? Well,
3: Jeff, the first thing I'm going to have to say is, once an Olympian and Paralympian, always a Paralympian and there Olympian. So never past, never never former. Yeah, <laughs> no, and I, I certainly appreciate the opportunity to present to the Kentucky Council and to to be here with you, somebody who has gone on a a significant health and wellness journey, um, a yeah, saga, an epic, a, yeah. a sojourn yes. over over the past few years, and I think mm-hmm. that's the problem is that it is it is hard, far harder that it needs to be for people who are blind or people who are low vision to A, find accessible information and B, gain access to accessible tools to independently and privately manage our own health, whether, whether that's when we have acquired uh, chronic and comorbid conditions or when we're trying to do the right thing and want to be proactive about our health, we go to a gym and none of the dang equipment's accessible. So that's that's really what I view as the problem, Jeff, and the, the statistics of the the chronic health conditions that accompany blindness, the chronic health conditions that are prevalent among our older population, older Americans who also have vision loss really bear
2: that out you know i was i was diagnosed with the type 2 diabetes in 2001 and and at that time i i i really tried to to get motivated and, and try to to manage my health and i ran into some of these issues even then you know when i went to the gym and and of course back then none of the equipment was accessible all flat screen uh you know, some of it had buttons. Most of it did not. Even back in two thousand one, it feels like that was yesterday. But it was really twenty one years ago. But even twenty one years ago, we didn't have you know uh, buttons as much as, as as we did say forty years ago. You know, and and so when when you first get into a a, a gym or or, or you know, actually get a gym membership, they're all gun ho and wanting to help you. And they'll, they'll make sure that people are there to help you, oh, for maybe the first month or so. And then it seems like that support kind of vanishes, which made it rather difficult. You know, you, you want to be able to come when it's convenient for you. And there was not always people there to help you get set up on machines and, you know, to do cardio or whatever you were doing you know, there. So it it just made life really difficult. So, the the problem was really real. You know, I lost quite a bit of weight initially, but then because of because of not being able to get assistance, things got really complicated. And you know, if if you don't continue, you 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 slide back. So it it really is a significant problem. And, and a lot of blind people also have problems in. And in, in navigation, especially you know either running or, or long extended walks, because there's not a lot of sidewalks in a lot of areas, a lot of rural areas that that make that difficult, or some blind people find that 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 there may be issues in safety in, in reference to that. So there's all kinds of issues here that that relate to just how do we overcome this? How do we develop strategies to be able to to work together? Uh, to, to solve these problems. And we'll talk a little bit more about this from, a, from an exercise perspective in just a few minutes. I wanted to, to turn to health a little bit and talk a little bit about, about managing your health in, in, in reference to utilizing tools and techniques that you can empower yourself with to be able to learn more about what your current health status is. And and I'm going to talk a little bit about this from, a, from an accessibility perspective today. But the first thing I want to point out is that you individually are your best advocate. And if you don't take anything from this presentation today, that's really one, what I want to leave you with. That being that, you know, don't be afraid to ask lots of questions, do lots of research, come prepared when you actually go to see your doctor or visit with your medical team. Develop a strong partnership with your medical team, whether you're just going for your yearly checkup and you really don't have any chronic conditions or or your health is in great shape, that's great. You still want to be able to develop a really strong medical team that supports you in all assets of your life. If you do have uh, chronic conditions such as diabetes or other things, then that's even more imperative that you have a really strong team and that you make sure that you advocate for yourself and tell them what your needs are as a patient, and then you know f- for you to be able to be successful. You know, in this day and age, we have lots of tools, technologies, and and things that that really help us improve our lives. You know, back in the back in the seventies and eighties, when I was quite a bit younger, we had we had some of these things, and and uh, we had talking scales, and and we even had some uh, glucometers back in the. Uh, eighties and nineties, and, and, and but they were very, 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 very expensive. You know, I, I remember the VoiceMate. I don't know if some of you remember that one, but this, this big giant box thing that, that came in a, in a, in a big, uh, you know, case. And so it was really hard to travel with. And, and, uh, of course it, it, it was something that we, you had to, you know, of course stick your finger with and, and of course back then strips were not, as conducive to small amounts of blood to be able to get into the strip. So it was really challenging. Um, But we had, we had some of these things, but we didn't have as much knowledge in the medical field about how to train people who were blind on how to use this technology. In fact, you really had to go to special, you know, rehab training centers or, or at least find someone, you know, in vocational rehab or, or something like that, that, that could assist you in this process because most nurses, most doctors really did not have a lot of working knowledge of, of these things. We had, we had talking scales and and talking blood pressure cuffs and things of this nature. Um, And, and those were really nice. We even had talking thermometers and, and now uh, those things still exist, but now we have even more uh, to be able to assist us. One of the one of the greatest inventions in the, probably the past fifteen years or so, or thirteen years or so, has been the invention of the iPhone, or or uh, Android. Uh, Androids it's it's come a long way and it's getting better and better all the time. Um, but you know, most blind people have flocked to the iPhone, and on the iPhone there's a there's an app on the iPhone called Health, and it's a complete aggregator which will allow you to be able to summarize and get lots of data about your current health so if you carry your phone it will track your steps if you have an Apple watch it will also be able to track fit, fitness goals um, you can you can track your your exercise your stand goals your movement uh, all of that to be able to help track how you're doing from a from an exercise perspective and all of this is tracked inside of the health app uh, you can even now download a lot of your lab results from things like LabCorp and and uh, MyChart. I think even now integrates with it. Although MyChart's actually very very accessible these days, so that's a that's another great app that you can utilize. But all of this stuff feeds in to the health app, and your, your labs especially uh, if you if you download them or, or have the health app pull them in uh, from your provider, the health app will actually analyze that data and provide you much more human readable information about your lab results so you're not just looking at numbers you can actually determine exactly what you know an A1C of 6.2 might actually mean um, and get actual uh, clinical information in, in really you know, very easy to understand readable format uh, and, and, and that's, that's really tremendous that's the power of these health aggregators um, there's there's other apps like MyFitnessPal. Um, there's uh, MyPlate, which is uh, another uh, app that allows you to track uh, what you're eating, um, and, and is quite accessible. So if you found MyFitnessPal to be really overwhelming, then that's another tool that you might want to consider uh, utilizing. Um, and and there's there's all kinds of these apps that are that are available. Some of them are more accessible than others, but. Uh, the ones I'm mentioning here, I have personal experience with, and and really would not hesitate to have anyone reach out and and get these apps and try them out. You can also contact me for for additional information on them. Now, let's talk about physical devices too that that you can help track health as well. So, uh, cardio, uh, Qardio, that's Q A R D I O. They make a uh, they make a number of devices as well as withings. Um, they, I like the cardio brand of, of, uh, products. They make, a, a, a thermometer, they make, a, an oxygen sensor, they make a, a scale, uh, and a blood pressure, a blood pressure cuff as well. And the beauty of these devices is that they are all both Wi-Fi and Bluetooth enabled. So they don't necessarily talk, uh, but they they will directly interface with your your Android or your iPhone. So if you, uh, especially the scales, they'll they'll track all kinds of different things. You know, of course they'll track your your weight, but they'll track your BMI and um, your, your your water intake. They'll they'll track all kinds of different characteristics. I think there's I don't know seventeen or twenty different things it tracks. It even has special tracking things for for. Women who are pregnant and there's special modes for the scale. If you're uh, expecting a baby that, uh, that, they, that they'll put the scale in and all kinds of things. It's very, very interesting. Um, but again, going back to the health app, uh, this all directly coordinates directly inside of the health app. So you, you get up in the morning, you, uh, you know, you get ready for your day, you step on your scale. Um, it, it vibrates to let you know that, that the reading has been, established. You can jump off the scale and and get ready for your day. And, you know, as you're driving into work, you can, you can pick up your phone and look to see, well, what did I weigh this morning? And it will be, you know, either right inside the the cardio app or in the health app itself. So that's the beauty of this. Uh, And you can share this data. Uh, The other nice thing about all of this is that you can share this data with your, your health team, your family, um, or friends, whoever you wish to, to share this data with. You can do this in the iOS health app. So you can share any characteristics of, of your health data. So let's say that you are uh, a type 1 uh, diabetic and you just want to share your blood glucose numbers with, say, a, a friend or a colleague or your spouse. Uh, so that, you know, if, if you get a low blood sugar reading, They'll be alerted to that. They, you can actually ha- have them get alerts and and be able to track all of that, um, all through the health app. So it it really does provide some some great flexibility in in managing your health. Now, um, the last thing I want to talk about is uh, diabetes and and the tools that are now available today. Um, that have significantly changed the lives of of especially blind people. I, I remember the first day that that I actually tried this, and uh, I, I commented to my wife that that I felt that the technology that has been released, and I'll tell you about it in just a minute, uh, in the last three to four years, was as significant medically and and. So life changing as the iPhone was, and I think the iPhone was probably one of the greatest inventions for blind people in probably in my lifetime. Um, you know, pr- pr- pretty amazing technology, uh, and I rank this right, right up there. You know, if you if you are are someone or know someone who is uh, type one or type two diabetic, uh, and you you know that over the last you know what 50, 60 years we've We've had to deal with, with finger sticks of some kind, and that sort of has, has had all kinds of different ways of, of of measuring over the years. And, you know, in the 80s and 90s and, and 2000s, and, and even in the 2010 to 2015, 16 timeframe, we were all still pricking our fingers. And boy, if you're a Braille reader, uh, I don't know if Paul Edwards is out there listening, but boy, if you're a Braille reader, uh, that made it tough. That made it really tough, especially if you really relied on Braille. Well, there were a number or are there are a number of companies who have a number of products that are now available. I believe there's three or four companies that are actually distributing these. The two that are, are probably the most well known companies out there right now. Um, are Abid and uh, Dexcom and uh these are these are devices that are known as continuous glucose monitoring devices um these are uh, they've come a long way too uh they they used to be really big and bulky and, and and now for example the freestyle libre 3 is about the size of a penny uh and um they're they're very easily uh, applied to either your arm or in the case of the dexcom you can apply that to a spot on your stomach or abdomen. Uh, and, uh, and it, these devices basically uh the, the filament injects itself into the interstitial fluid just below the skin. And then that device then stays in place for, in the case of freestyle for 14 days. And I think for Dexcom, it's 10. Um, and you can use, uh, either your, your iPhone or, um, or your Android phone and actually get your blood glucose readings directly from the device. And with the Freestyle Libre 3, uh, just like the Dexcom has, has been for quite some time, actually, you, you don't physically have to scan the sensor. So Freestyle Libre 2 and Freestyle Libre customers used to have to hold the, 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 the back of the phone near the sensor and use near-field communications to be able to get the, the actual reading from the sensor, which was fine. It it sure beat a finger stick, that's for sure, um, and and you could you could do that, um, you could do that every uh, five minutes or so. Now with Freestyle Libre three, that's no longer required. Uh, the the um, Freestyle Libre three sensor is a, is a is a true continuous glucose monitor, and as long as the phone is within Bluetooth range of the sensor then the sensor will automatically send the readings to your phone. Um and uh that's both good and bad because uh of course uh it's great because you're gonna get constant notification of what your glucose readings are. In fact you can just keep the the the, the app open and watch them just magically appear on your screen. Um the 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 app has uh, alert notifications and so if you are in a situation where you know, you get a low blood glucose reading and you're standing up in front of a, of a group of people and making a presentation and your phone is, uh, you know, sitting on a, on a table, you know, 10 feet away from you. Um, and you're not actively asking for it to, uh, be able to give you a glucose reading. You may get an alert on your phone. (laughs) So, which is actually both a good thing and, 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 you know, could be an inconvenience, but, um, so again, this this technology is uh, is one where you really do have to, have to advocate for yourself. Most people who are type one insulin uh, dependent can can get uh, these CGM devices, uh, especially through Medicare um, and other uh, you know uh, medical plans. Uh, people who are who are type two, it's a bit more of a struggle. Uh, I know people who who are able to get it based on who they talk to and other people, it's been somewhat of a struggle for them to be able to, to get it. So this is an area where you really have to make sure that you work well with your, your medical team and, and, um, make sure to develop strong relationships. Let letters matter to, you know, insurance companies. So getting letters written to talk about the need for, why it's important both to manage your disease as well as to uh, speak to the, the need for independence from a blindness perce- perspective is extremely important. And we'll we'll uh, we'll take uh, we'll take questions on all this a bit later. But now I what I'd like to do is have uh, Clark talk a little bit about things from an exercise perspective, Clark.
3: Sure. It's so, a Jeff straight into exercise or, uh, on what ACB is doing here.
2: Well, I think, I think you can kind of bridge the, br- br- you know, bridge, bridge, the, b- two. bridge the two I like together. Yeah.
3: Awesome. So first, uh, and thank you for that, that overview, Jeff. First I would like to talk about what ACB and our members are doing. So if, Many folks are familiar with the ACB community. Uh, You'll know that there are many community events uh, hosted and moderated by ACB members as well as ACB partners related to health and wellness. And that could be mental health and wellness. That could be physical or emotional health and wellness. Uh, Certainly, uh, a big shout out to Leslie Spoon for the cardio and yoga and resistance training classes that she does on the ACB community platform. But almost every day for for folks that who may not have access to other forms of uh, you know health and wellness programming or instruction, there is something available for you within the ACB community. Uh, Second, I would like to point out that uh, ACB has established two new committees here this year. One focused on mental health and wellness uh, because of the, the, the need that has been recognized among our members, among the blindness and low vision community. Uh, so now we have we have a committee that is focused on serving our members and advising on policy matters related to mental health for people who are blind and people who are, who are low vision. and then also a couple years ago is you know kind of born out of the crucible of the COVID 19 pandemic that ACB launched the Get Up and Get Moving campaign and now that has been established as a committee of ACB focusing on health and wellness. And for everyone who is able to join us in Omaha, Nebraska for the annual conference and convention this past summer, I know a lot of people I spoke with and certainly the convention survey data bears this out as well. One of the highlights was the get up and get moving bridge walk. On the pedestrian bridge that connects Omaha, Nebraska, to Council Bluffs, Iowa, I know I was there. Uh, many of the Get Up and Get Moving committee members were there, and bus loads of ACB members were there. Um, despite the the temperatures over ninety degrees and the humidity over ninety percent, it was a gorgeous uh, Midwest. You know, Omaha evening to walk that bridge over the Missouri River. And we were grateful to have partners like Nike and like Walmart there supporting us. I, know I was certainly thankful to have uh, folks from the local Walmart handing out water before and after that walk as well. Uh, so Jeff talked about a lot of tools for health tracking, and we see a lot of that in the the exercise and fitness space as well. Uh, some of these tools are accessible uh, kind of due to the the great work of the, the companies and the technology providers, and others have had to be... Well, you know, ACB has had to play an active role and kind of coach them along the way. So Jeff spoke about the iPhone being very transformational for people who are blind. I remember when the iPhone came out and I I kind of said to myself, what am I going to do with this glass coaster uh, before they started to incorporate accessibility out of the box and native to the iPhone. Well, we also have that now in the Apple watch uh, in wearable technology and, and Apple's not alone in this regard, but they certainly are still kind of uh, setting the pace and the trendsetter for accessibility in wearable devices. And like Jeff talked about being able to share your health metrics with uh, health care providers, family, and friends. Uh, I was able to look at my watch now and see uh, where I am, how many calories I've burned today through walking the dogs and through exercise. And and I have to say, Jeff, either you're not wearing your watch today or uh, it's still early in the morning there in Seattle because I'm, 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 I'm it's kicking it up pretty wrist handily. At the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. Um, I, for Jeff and I have done a, a couple of friendly competitions and he's, he's always won those competitions, but at least for yeah, today, you've been, be- you've, been beating me.
2: You, you've been beating me. Yeah, yeah, exa- exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good.
3: So, but, but that's exactly, it's friendly. It's friendly competition like everyone else has to provide that extra motivation for maybe when you're, you're not feeling on your game but maybe seeing what your friends are doing provides that motivation to get up and get moving. You know, get off the couch, put down the the slice of pizza and go take your dog for a walk or or walk with your kids or your spouse, go go play ball in the park and what have you. So it's it's a great tool, one of the many tools that we now have at our disposal. You now, earlier I talked about one of our legislative imperatives, the exercise and fitness for all act and that's a a bill in congress that would require fitness and exercise equipment to be made accessible Uh, but we're not waiting for congress to act right like that's that would that will be great when they do but in the meantime ACB and our advocacy work, we are engaging directly with equipment manufacturers, and we are engaging directly with facility providers. So, if folks recall, in September of 2021, ACB had a joint announcement with Planet Fitness, um, commending Planet Fitness on their commitment to purchase and install accessible cardio equipment. So your, your treadmills, stair steppers, bikes, ellipticals. Um, once, those, once accessible cardio equipment is available by manufacturers, Planet Fitness has pledged to purchase and install it at their more than 2,000 locations around the country. That's, and that's the first time anyone from the gym and fitness center uh, community has pledged to do something like that. Now, there's, there's a, a couple ifs and whens in that statement, but that's a very strong and public commitment from one of the largest exercise in gym chains in the nation. Um, it's contingent on the equipment being available and manufacturers making that equipment available. So that's what ACV is doing now. We are engaging directly with equipment manufacturers and we've had some really exciting success. Um, some ex- success stemming all the way back to 2020, kind of coincidentally with the start of the pandemic. This was already in the works, but the pandemic made it ever More important, so in June of 2020, ACB and Peloton jointly announced that the Peloton bike would have an accessible user interface, as well as the Google TalkBack screen reader. That same screen reader is available on the Peloton bike, the Peloton bike plus, and as of August, the Peloton tread, their treadmill and that was done in collaboration with ACB through focus group and uh, user testing with ACB members from the greater New York chapter at the Peloton headquarters this past year so that uh, they could have you know direct user feedback on the feel and comfort of the treadmill while engaging with the screen reader to select classes, um, and to receive audio feedback while conducting a workout. And I know, I know what some folks are thinking. It's like, okay, that's Peloton. That's the the Cadillac of the fitness world where bikes and treadmill cr- treadmills cost $2,000 or $3,000. Yes, it it had to start somewhere. And that's where we found a, a partner willing to engage and lean into accessibility. But at the same time, that is a manufacturer that is providing equipment to places like Planet Fitness where membership starts at $10 a month. That's a manufacturer that's providing equipment to hotels, to the gyms at your place of work or your school or university. So even though this equipment is available for purchase and for use in the home, it's also commercial grade equipment that is available in the wider world and will drive trends toward accessibility by the, uh, the broader industry. Uh, In addition to the work with Peloton, ACB and some of our members, including members of the Information Access Committee, have been working directly with another manufacturer. Um, This is a manufacturer that I, I think everyone can agree is the gold standard when it comes to rowing machines. And the brand is Concept two out of Vermont. If, if you go to a, a rowing club or a boathouse on any river or lake throughout the United States uh, and potentially even to your your gym or your fitness center, if there is a rowing machine, nine times out of 10, that will be a concept to rowing machine. And these, these machines could not be further from the type of interactive experience of the Peloton. It's it's bare bones. And that's why the Olympians and uh, collegiate rowing teams love them, because it's a, it's a handle attached to a chain that pulls a, a flywheel that spins a fan, and the seat is on a metal rail that slides. All right? You know, nothing fancy, you know, it's, it's almost an Eastern European torture device, but it gets the job done. And their, their monitor is pretty old school as well. But what they've been able to do, much like Jeff was talking about, uh, scales and different equipment, uh, can, continuous glucose monitors that connect to a smartphone ACB and our members worked with Concept Two to upgrade their smartphone uh, app called Erg Data E R G D A T A. That when you approach a Concept Two machine, uh, much like I did a couple weeks ago, when on work for ACB in in Los Angeles at my hotel gym, I went up to that. That concept to rowing machine pulled out my phone and opened the Erg Data app. And I had the option to connect to the equipment via Bluetooth or near field communications. And when I did, two things happen. One, I can program any workout I want to do from my phone into the machine. And as I am performing that workout, I can get audio feedback in the time interval of my choice at the volume of my choosing. I can select the different data that I want to receive in that time interval, and I can change the speed if I want to hear it more quickly. When my workout has completed, Much like Jeff was talking about those health aggregators, the Concept 2 Erg data app can share that to Apple Health, to Strava, to the Concept 2 logbook so that I can I can rack up those calories and those exercise minutes so that I can try to win my competitions against Jeff and others. So it's a way for (laughs) not only me to get an accessible exercise experience, but also for me to track my health data over time. And why is that important? Why is health tracking so important? Jeff shared why it's important if you are somebody with diabetes and you're understanding what your A1C levels are, whether you're, you are uh, you know your blood sugar level is rising or falling, And you can have that information available to you. But as working with our members in the Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss, if you are somebody who is older with vision loss, you're more likely to fall and sustain an injury. If you have access to these health tracking tools, they can measure your walking pattern and how stable you are. And if your, your walking pattern, your gait, your step, your stride length, if that has changed, and if that changes over time, you could be at greater risk of falling or of injury that is causing that change. So that's, that's why it's important for us to have access to these tools. That's why it's important for ACB and our get up and get moving campaign and our member advocacy work in this arena.
1: Wonderful. Thank you all very much. It's uh, learned quite a bit, especially in regards to the health app on the iPhone. It's It's been there forever today, but didn't realize it could do so much as well as all the other stuff you, have, uh, you all have uh, spoken about. So I have a, Question for the both of you, and then I have sure. a, little, a little story. Uh, my first question is, has both of you all closed all your rings yet?
2: Uh, today, not <laughs> not today, but in general, yes.
1: I thought that would be fair. fair. I'm, I'm an Apple Watch user, Abbott. And second of all, um, not only you were talking about advocating for yourself, I actually have to advocate for myself and my two kiddos and what helps me do that is I don't know if you guys have heard of my chart. Um, yes. I love that. And um, I was curious, Jeff, if you knew of a way, if there was um, that you could link um, that with the health app on the iPhone.
2: So, so we just got my chart here uh, okay. in the Washington, Washington area. Okay. Um, for the, for, for the doctors that, that I, that I use. Um, and, I I've been researching this and I I don't have a lot of data to share on this yet. Okay. I I know that um if it's not available in in health you you definitely can get access to all of your clinical data sure. in my chart specifically. So for example, I I I've had uh some medical stuff just in August and October and and was the first time that I actually could go read the, the post op reports through my chart, okay. which were fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, actually, okay. um, I couldn't do that before, uh, even even with some of the other, you know, websites and things that I had access to. They didn't have the actual post op reports in them. You could get labs, you could get test results, mm-hmm. but you couldn't get access to post op reports. Or if you could, they were in, you know, image. You know PDF format and you couldn't yeah. read them without you know running oCR on them and and i don't I don't tend to want to do that with medical mm-hmm. data because I want it accurately right so
1: yeah, yeah
2: yeah yeah so i I don't know the answer to that at the moment okay. um I, I I know that that my chart reads from health because it it appears to pull data from from health it it at least I think it does because it was able to get quite a bit of information that I already had in health and, and pull it in and, and summarize it. So I think it can, but I, I this is new to me too. So I, yeah. we only just got access to this October 1st. So I'm still oh, learning. Wow.
1: Okay. Yeah.
2: So I'm just, I'm still learning myself. So okay. I don't know if you know Clark <laughs> and uh,
3: I do not know the answer to that specific question. And I can neither confirm nor deny whether I have closed all my rings today. <laughs> uh, but what I do, am sure you have. I'm what sure I do you want has, yes.
2: to say,
1: I'm getting because
3: you're a
2: machine, is what you are.
3: <laughs> everyone, everyone listening to us right now, everyone in the room there in Kentucky, it is your right to have accessible access to your health documentation, to your discharge papers, to your care instructions. It is your right to have that in alternative formats, whether that is large print, braille, audio, electronic format. Um, So if your doctor is telling you that that cannot be done, that is not an acceptable answer. No. It is it is your right to have that in a format that is accessible to you.
0: My question my question is one that that I think we've talked about before. Um, but but I would still like to see whether there has been any any alteration in the way folks in A C B feel. Um, one of the things about exercise and fitness equipment That is becoming more and more common is for state and local governments to be purchasing such equipment for gyms and other fitness centers that they operate. And it seems to me that there is a a greater degree of requirement for compliance under Title II of the ADA than there is under Title III. And so, my question is, has ACB given any consideration um, to essentially uh, trying to say to counties you can't buy equipment unless it's accessible it seems to me that one of the major factors that um, that led Apple to create accessible interfaces was that they felt like they were going to be shut out of the education business and it seems to me that we're in kind of the same position with regard to fitness equipment and title two entities, and I'd like to get you guys comments on that.
3: Jeff, I'm I'm happy to yeah, I'll jump let you take in that. first and lead yeah. here, Paul. Paul, that that is a that is a great observation, and I could not agree with you more. I I think the the issue that we run into is that there are regulations in place for accessible gyms and fitness centers. They have to have a ramp. They have to have an accessible door. If they're multi-level, they, they need to have an elevator. You need wide aisles, a zero entry, you know, locker room and shower, right? Nothing. It's all about the physical premises, nothing about the actual equipment, And the way that facilities have um, kind of skirted around this, Jeff touched on earlier, is that they've provided the auxiliary service of having someone from staff help you set up the equipment. And that's great when you can get it. If you're going one time, I think the staff use it like, oh, this is a novel service that I can provide. And then they're like, oh, heck, Jeff's back for the 10th time this week. Um, can't somebody else do it? You know? So there, there are not the specific regulations in place for the equipment. There are international standards uh, ever since, I believe, 2013 by an international standard setting body for the accessibility. Of fitness and exercise equipment, to my knowledge, this has not been challenged in the courts. So there, there's no legal precedence on the uh, the accessibility of equipment by, say, a university or state and local government entity. Uh, but that's, I guess that's that's my initial take on the matter. It is something that we are you know, certainly aware of and cognizant of. um, But that's, I would say that's the, that's the landscape as of now. Jeff, anything you'd like
2: to add? I think, I think the, uh, the only thing I would add is, you know, I, I think this is really imperative, especially if we want people to be able to be independent, right? That we, that we have full access and, and it's not, we're not, we're not looked at as a second class, you know, participant, within a facility. And, uh, so we, we have work to do here. Um, and this is why, you know, we talked a little bit about this earlier about really being empowered to, to push for, you know, the things that you need as, as individuals, because without, without that, we, you know, we need to be firm, but polite about it, you know, um, and assertive, but, but do it with a gentle hand. And I think if we do that, uh, and And just make people aware then it will it will help but it but it may require legislation too.